0: Do people say "pal" anymore? Pal, oh, pal. dude, pal dinger. My pal. Whoa. My pal. My,
1: I don't feel like we don't hear it very often. We hear. Uh, we hear my buddy, my dude, my guy. Buddy. My my, I've been. Uh, my daughter lately's been saying um, "not cool, bro" a lot. So mm. like, cool, bro. Oh yeah. Yep. So been uh, busting the bros out a lot, bro. Bro, apparently maybe I said it before because she didn't come up with that on her own. So not cool,
0: bro. But uh, yeah, don't hear a lot of pals. Pals. We should bring back pal. Let's do it. Give me my pal. All right. And today joining us on the lines is our (laughs) pal Kyle. Our pal.
1: Hey, Kyle. Meet my pal Dinger, my pal Micah. All righty. That's enough of you. We could call ourselves the palettes oh goodness gracious me you just came up with a knockout didn't you right on air the palettes i like it i'm gonna make some hats so bad <laughs> we're, gonna hats. we're gonna get some hats we're gonna get some shirts it's gonna always uh the palettes brought to you yeah, by always about that one <laughs> Well, what are you drinking there,
0: dinger? Uh, in the spirit of tonight's topic, I'm drinking bourbon.
1: Oh, well, look at you. That's a cute glass, too. I got one real so,
0: similar. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. It's so likely. I have, uh, I've actually got last year's McKinsey Bottled and Bond weeded bourbon. Ooh, I think,
1: uh. We're getting him unpack what all that means later, but how is it?
0: Never had that good. before. McKinsey. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. McKenzie's phenomenal. This is kind of their, their, uh, annual limited release. I think maybe if they, I don't know if they intentionally do it once a year or, or if it's just production right now, uh, only allows for that, but, uh, it has been a seasonal release in the past and, um, it's good. It's not, uh, I didn't pay a ton for it. It This isn't, uh, you know, something that I had to go hunt for. Um, it was pretty available when it was out there. It would go quick. So sometimes places didn't have it, but.
1: Well, that's the name of the game these days, right? With bourbon, it's all about hunting and price points. And it's kind of crazy. I've, you know, we've been doing this for a while. You've been obviously, um, in the industry for some time. I've been you know, around it now for some time. And, you know, I really wasn't keen on uh, really plugged into all the things going on around with bourbon. Like once I was kind of exposed to all of the different, you know, uh, spirits and just all the things that are out there, I really did not uh, dive deep into bourbon for some time, but you know, I think there are phases for everything and I've kind of uh, circled back around. I think I'm back in a little bit of a bourbon phase. But it's also frustrating for reasons we shall get into. But let's do it. Let's get into it. Shall get into it. Do it. So, why is it frustrating? I'll tell you why. Well, first off, you know what? As I'm frustrated, I'll say this. Welcome to Always Parched, in a very frustrated <laughs> tone. <laughs> uh, today, I'm joined by my one good buddy Dinger. And our other good buddy, Micah, is absent.
0: Yeah, so, the record has been broken. Or no record. The streak. Yeah. The streak is over for him. Yeah. He's a... Uh, I lost mine a long time ago, but, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, sometimes true. we got responsibilities. That's right. He's got a pretty big one on his plate, huh? He's got a, a
1: new got baby on the way in the next, I don't know, 48 hours or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he gets a He's pass born. for today. So fellow enthusiast, Micah, is uh, on the sideline for this, getting ready for that baby, packing bags, overnight bags, going to hang out in hospitals. So he says. Yeah. He's probably just kicking back, drinking. Just wanted to do it in silence for the last time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't blame him for, necessarily. (laughs) Soak in that silence, my friend, because not a whole lot of it to go around once you got two kids um, but yeah we've been ta- checking a little bit about today's topic which is America's whiskey bourbon, bourbon whiskey the topic is
0: well, the current state of bourbon the current, okay that's and maybe not even bourbon just the current state of whiskey because I think some things that aren't bourbon will still you know can demand a, a really high secondary market price or demand the hunters to you know only ask for certain things and not yeah. support their, their local liquor store with all their other spirits they just just want to sneak in there and nobody will know who i am and oh by the way do you happen to have <laughs> any blantons or you know yeah there's uh
1: I guess so the focus today is definitely on bourbon, I would say, because it is the, um, it's in its boom right now. It is hitting, it hit its stride a few years ago, I'd say, especially when the craft cocktail scene blew up as well. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of um, people out there on the hunt for certain very particular bourbon. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And before we do that, we'll just hop into our little cocktail corner real quick. And I figured it only appropriate that the featured cocktail be an old fashioned. Do we
0: always do a cocktail corner?
1: We are now. Oh, this is the first one. <laughs> well, we I think we uh, we did a cocktail feature last last episode as well. But I we uh, said it
0: with such conviction, though. Like, I know, like we're I just, just going to jump right over here into the <laughs> cocktail corner. Well, if you read your notes very carefully,
1: it goes right into the cocktail corner. I see cocktail corner. (laughs) Uh, So like I said, classic, you got to go old fashioned with a bourbon in my opinion. I mean, there's lots of different things you can do with a bourbon, Uh, particularly now in the summer. I I really like to use peach with bourbon a lot, Um, but I think uh, old fashioned is the classic cocktail that you will see a lot of people mix up or order that includes bourbon. So a real quick breakdown of that, if you want to pour your or mix yourself up something at home while you listen is two ounces of bourbon. I think an appropriate amount of sugar. Some people now there's the traditional way of doing it with the sugar cube and everything. I personally will go the more modern approach, which is a measured amount of liquid syrup. Um, So I use a bar spoon of syrup of simple syrup Uh, If you want a little bit more, word of the day, mouthfeel, you might want to use gum syrup. I know I never heard that one before, Huntinger. Gum syrup really just uh, adds a little bit of a a thickness to it. So kind of really coat your mouth, let's say. Two dashes, Angostura, Angostura bitters. Mix that up, stir it over ice, pour away. I usually garnish it with an orange and a lemon peel. But I do know somebody, I had a friend of mine actually just messaged me the other day, still, uh, still likes to muddle his sugar cube and an orange slice in the bottom. Mm. And may or may not top it with soda water. And I said, maybe oh. try it without the soda water. I, yeah. you know, I'm, That's fine if you want to do the sugar cube thing. But uh, soda water, I think just really waters it down personally.
0: But does he also throw the red abominations as, uh, Micah would go. You know, I didn't ask Muddled in the bottom with the slice. <laughs> I did not ask. I like this guy.
1: I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get negative thoughts. No, <laughs> no, I don't know. I didn't ask. Yeah, hopefully I, he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you know me, I'm always, I'm always happy when, when, uh, somebody messages and, uh, actually has some questions or, or is sharing whatever they're doing cocktail wise. We'll keep moving along here. Uh, so that's our cocktail corner. Let's go right into, let's get back into the bourbon a little bit. Uh, let's do a little that's bit of the
0: cocktail the- corner. Just one drink. Yeah. One well, old fashioned. You got a model. I mean, I do. oh, you got Here's a model. My pick? favorite cocktail it's two ingredients. Okay. <laughs> Whiskey and a glass. And there
1: you go. Which we are both uh, we are both enjoying right now. By the way, mine um, I got to remember now. I believe. uh, Oh yeah, I'm having E H Taylor small batch. Mm. I do. That's kind of been my go to as of late. Okay. Very very good. All
0: right. right.
1: So bourbon. Let's do a quick rundown of this, shall we? Um, I'm going to give some brief background on it. Feel free to chime in because my research nope. is always, uh, you know, pulled from sources and my limited knowledge. And you might know yeah, one or two things more.
0: Nope. You got it. All right. Ready? Go. Shoot. What, what is it? Okay. So we asked uh, you.
1: Yeah. What is it? This bourbon. segment
0: we are going to call the
1: booze clues. Booze. Ooh, I like booze clues. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it should be a trivia section. Well, Bourbon. American whiskey. Uh, It is very well regulated um, legally, so it cannot just, you cannot just slap, you cannot just distill um, whiskey in in the U.S. and throw bourbon on it. It has to have several different factors uh, included. Uh, First and foremost, you have to age it in American new charred oak barrels. Um, Something I learned a while ago that was always kind of kind of funny to me was those barrels oftentimes because they have to use new American oak barrels, those barrels then have to go somewhere. And a lot of times they go to, you know, other distilleries, uh, for other types of whiskey. And one of the biggest consumers is, uh, for scotch distilleries and I love me some scotch. So I like how that's kind of incorporated into the scotch making uh, process as well. Yeah. And tequila. And tequila. There you go. See, I knew you'd have some
0: 2 aged tequila. Right. Yeah. You can only use bourbon barrels once. So they get sold to, um, m- for the most part, Mexico and Scotland.
1: Yep. Uh, no additives. So no, uh, the color you see is the color you get. No, uh, they're not, you're not getting any caramel additives or anything like that. We've talked in the past. If you've heard us, uh, I won't I won't say put down, but maybe give offer a critique here or there <laughs> to various uh spirits or mixed drinks is uh, is when you see that little caramel color additive. That's a little uh it's a little off-putting for me personally. I like uh that no additives. So, you know, all that uh coloring is coming from the aging process. The mash bill, which is basically just the ratios of um what's going into making the whiskey has to be at least 51% corn. So uh, typically that's also include some amount of rye or malted barley or wheat, but has to be at least 51% corn in order to be considered a bourbon. And
0: I would actually say that would be first and foremost.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that's a lot of times that's where it it starts
0: sweeter flavor, right? At least that's well, I mean, if you're talking about production methods, what do you start with what's the yeah. first step get your mash bill yeah right so I don't those, i'm just being picky over here right you with are. your first and foremost american note <laughs> <oak. laughs>
1: you're right It's a good point I'll, I'll let that slide um mash bills can be closely guarded secrets i think right like you know, some places are not going to put out there exactly what their mash bill is because they have mash bill number one, number two, number three, number four, and a distillery like Buffalo Trace has all those different mash bills that are going to go into, you know, their Buffalo Trace bourbon versus their uh, their Blantons, their their Pappy, whatever it is. So, yeah,
0: and they might do different blends, yeah, of different bourbons. You know, you can still call it a bourbon, just right. has to be made with 51% corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might do that because they don't want to, you know, many brands blend to taste. They blend to match the specific flavor profile from prior batches for consistency. And if you, maybe you need sometimes whatever, however, these, this whiskey aged in a barrel, maybe at one point you need a higher rye mash bill to go into there because of the way it came out, um, you know, to, to get it to that consistent flavor pro- profile from before. So it might not even be literally the same mash bill every single time. Yep. It might not disclose. Um, but then I think a lot of them do, especially now the, I think a lot of the craft producers are going to, um, you know, have that on the, the, the label. Many people want to know what the mash bill is. So they disclose it. Yeah. Kind of cool. Some do, some don't. It's just,
1: And you it. can, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially people very familiar with bourbon are going to be able to pick it out, going to be able to pull out, oh, that's got a higher rye content or something because of the spice or something. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, if you're calling it bourbon, you know, it's at least 51% corn. Um, and you touched on one other thing that I, that I always, that always kind of confused me at first when you're walking down the bourbon aisle, at your local liquor store, um, which is all of the different um, statements on there, all of the different um, categories. So you mentioned how they'll pull from different barrels or whatever, which reminded me of like that. So some have small batch, some don't say anything, some say straight, some say bottled and bond. So I was going to give a quick rundown of that as well um, because that is – something I think that can be very confusing for people and I'm no expert on it, but I do know generally where each kind of, um, where each one fits in a little bit. So first one is straight, straight. If you see a bourbon straight bourbon, that means it has been aged at least two years. I believe that's the only qualification, correct?
0: You're asking me? Yes. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm just
1: assuming you're the expert
0: here. So, um, sorry. Yes, that is correct. Mike main
1: Oh, okay. Thank I you. got
0: distracted. I thought you were, I thought you said you're just going to start running off all of the, uh, well, I can't do that. The styles. And, so I yeah. kind of just started. Doing
1: so you just tuned out and <laughs> started hanging out drinking. Uh, no, I can do that. What you should do is tell me if I'm wrong, but this is my understanding. So, That's uh, a straight bourbon bottled in bond. That one was always the most confusing for me because that does not sound like, I I don't know what the hell bottled in bond means, but it means it's aged at least four years in a federally bonded warehouse and that it is bottled at a hundred proof and,
0: and it all comes from one distillery. So there's a lot of things that kind of one harvest as well. So like your grain source comes from one season. Gotcha in the in the regard of of whiskey you know if it's uh if it's a brandy then your fruit all came from one season's harvest or you know whatever the the distillate is made from um one season one distillery minimum four years government um bonded building and 100 proof always 100 proof always 100 proof so the next one see a
1: lot of this small batch i said like i'm drinking eh taylor small batch. Um, so that seems it's a little less, uh, well-defined in terms of what goes into a small batch. It just means that, that bourbon, the bourbon is combined from a number of chosen barrels. So it's not a specific number. It can be, you know, 10, 20, but I think it's you typically upwards of probably around a hundred to 150 barrels. So basically, you know, the distiller has gone through and selected barrels that maybe are highlighting something that they like a little bit more. So typically it's going to be a little bit higher quality, um, maybe a little bit of a better flavor, I guess. And that's also, I think why you're going to, well, why it is usually, um, priced a little bit higher than just a, a standard bourbon, which does now. Yeah.
0: that one to me, I don't, how are you going to control that? To me, it I think a lot of them are true to still producing small batches, low number of barrels going into a blend. Um, but I, I, also, I also think of Tito's still having handcrafted. <laughs> you can't make that much vodka and it'd be crafted by hand. It's just not, not <laughs> happening. And that's like that's the obvious one. Everybody yeah. everybody knows that. But I think it's actually a good time. Um, we do have a guest caller, right, Mike? We do. Um, Why don't we get his opinion? Okay. Let's bring him on. Let's do it. I don't know if he's on video. It might just be um, sound. All Kyle, right, if we'll you see. Can Start yeah. talking.
2: Hi there, guys. What's hey, up, there Kyle? He is.
0: We got Hi, him yeah. on. Doing good. How are you? Good. Good.
1: Welcome. So, thanks for being on.
2: Yeah. No, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so everybody, this is Kyle Deli. Uh, soon to open restaurant in Tempe called the Hudson. Kyle, at later, give us some some uh, background on that, the the history, the reasoning behind the name. I'm super excited about the spot. Um, and but prior to that, we wanted to get your opinion on some bourbons. We were just going through different classifications, different labels. Um, what you will see, how things can be confusing, and and what each label means or what the verbiage on labels mean Um, because you also owned a liquor store very successful especially in the brown spirits correct yes sir all right so the last one we got on was small batch to me that's like tito's putting handcrafted on there is it true what's the total quantity of barrels that goes into making it allowed to be small batch are a lot of them even still small batch? What's your opinion?
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a very loose term in the uh, industry, unfortunately, and you know those that are very well versed uh, in the uh, brown spirits category obviously uh, will take it with a grain of salt, and then those that are new, um, it could definitely and I've seen it happen multiple times uh, persuade a uh, consumer into grabbing that particular bottle just because of that particular verbiage.
0: Yeah. Um, so they, they look at it yeah. as a positive.
2: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So.
0: Marketing. Yeah. It's, I'm going to
1: leave really that. It does seem like it all comes down to marketing. So, so while the small batch yeah. is... A little, you know, less well defined. Uh, the last one we we're going to mention is single barrel because we were just kind of going through and talking about all the kind of identifiers that you'll see on bottles. And single barrel is, uh, uh, I think, that one kind of speaks for itself. It That whiskey came from a single hand picked barrel, um, and I think I would assume that they've usually selected that one because it's got either the most flavor or basically they're trying to highlight something really great about that whiskey and uh, but also as a result of that you know single barrels can be single barrel bottles of whiskey can be different from from bottle to bottle
2: exactly and uh, I mean I I love single barrels and uh, one of the uh, definite uh, joys of uh, being in the business and industry was uh, being able to select single barrels um for the uh, for the liquor store so and how different you know barrel to barrel will vary and the flavor profiles so the other on on the opposite side um a lot of these distilleries now have uh kind of curated their process and obviously with technology advancing um you know they're they're regularly released single barrels they've got it down to a science now so they know what uh, rickhouse they're pulling off of and uh, what floor and whatnot to have and carry that same profile, even though they're each being bottled uh, from a different barrel. But uh, that master distiller obviously has that palette and profile where they can keep it somewhat consistent. So uh, very different from a uh, an establishment single barrel selection. So
1: uh, and can I ask you, Kyle and Dinger, actually, you have, both of you have gone through the process of going and selecting a single barrel. So I'm I'm just kind of curious what, what, what is that process? What is it like? You just go there and, and just, they just let you start tasting or do they kind of guide you towards, Oh, these are the ones that, you know, we kind of think are going to be great or how, how does that work?
2: Michael, go ahead. Go, go first.
0: Uh, I mean, I, what I was going to start by saying was like Kyle said, this is, the fun of being in the business to, to be able to go to a distillery, get the full tour of their production um, whether that's before or after your are tasting uh, it is great to see everything firsthand. You, you always tend to you know, have a deeper level of love for that brand. Um, I mean, I haven't been to a ton of, of distilleries and, and the, the little that I have been to, especially in bourbon, are ones that I really want to go to and choose to. So I don't know if I went to one that I normally wouldn't like or purchase or go to, if it would also kind of taste better because of the experience, maybe it would. But yeah, you you just, you you get the full experience. You get to walk through the rickhouse and smell the wood and and smell the the humidity, depending on the time of year, Um, the barrels, the whiskey seeping through. It's just, yeah, there's nothing like it, I think. Kyle's been to many yeah, more I distilleries. Mean, <laughs> picked many and, more barrels. And, and
2: each distillery and any distillery, you know, ha, does their uh does their selection process uh a little differently, but um when I uh was very early in on uh you know, selecting barrels, I would uh you know, lean to the distillery for that uh advice and guidance and would uh let them uh you know, lead the way. And then as uh you know we had a few barrels uh under our belt and as your palate starts to develop and whatnot i uh i per- now prefer going into all the selections that I just wind uh where it's very early on the master distiller or the person organizing the uh you know the tasting would have uh tasting notes on each barrel and whatnot and from uh nose to palate to finish and uh you know, we'd use that as a guide to see if we'd pick up any of those profiles that they're describing. And uh, it definitely helped uh, train my, uh, my mind and palate as, uh, you know, we continued to select uh, single barrels. And now we'll just go into the selection blind. We don't want to know how old, what rickhouse, the proof, but uh, nothing. We'll just do it solely based on taste. Mm-hmm. And uh, let the best barrel win and we'll, we'll go majority rules. So there have been a handful of times where my favorite barrel didn't make the cut. And it's not <laughs> because that barrel was no good. It was because the flavor profile that I tend to gravitate towards was not in the majority favor. So, so yeah.
0: It's very big of you to uh, <laughs> to allow that to happen when... You know, I'm sure most of the time it was your checkbook
2: <laughs> that's a good point uh, So, yeah so and, and single barrel single barrels um you know I mean they've got that story behind it too, you know, so we uh it got to a point where you know some of these highly sought after limited releases um you know it's like uh, the phone wouldn't stop ringing and a revolving door everyone coming in asking for that particular bottle or that particular release and it got to a point where like you know what we've got to find a substitution for something in this realm that we could give or provide customers and that single barrel provides a, a great opportunity and platform for uh you know for you to do that and accounts to do that and we tried uh, to curate you know our selection at the uh, at the liquor store um, around that, and what customers wanted. So, um, my my palate by by no means uh, you know would be what the majority of my customers would want. So, I was basically selecting for the customers uh, the majority of the time, not based off of what my palate uh, wanted. So,
1: right, and that's a great I think segue into kind of talking about what we alluded to at the beginning, which is this, this rise in popularity of bourbon and, and what it's done to some of these uh, what brands that are pretty standard people, they're well-known, but now they're becoming increasingly uh, difficult to find. And so, you know, I, I've noticed it again, not being, um, uh, a bourbon like a, a bourbon specific guy, but i 've certainly noticed it over the last several years, probably the last ten years i'd say is when you've really started to see uh, that increase in in uh, folks searching for hunting down certain bottles that they just they're first in line or they wait in line before a store opens now so it's it's increasingly difficult. I remember when I first started getting into cocktails and spirits um, I think I went grabbed a couple of bottles um, of uh, bourbon and a few other things because at that time I was really into bourbon and I think I got like a Blanton's bottle, I think even like a George uh, Stag bottle, something else, something else. And now Stag and, and Blanton's are just ridiculous, <laughs> like ridiculously priced on the secondary market and very difficult to find at retail. And... And that kind of gets into allocation, how these places only receive a certain number of bottles. And like you said, people are coming in, hunting them down. And my, my question to you, Kyle, and to Dinger, I don't know, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Are those bottles worth it? Or is it just, is it just this uh, idea that they're so hard to find, that they must be that good? Yeah, I, I think that's it.
2: You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's worth whatever that person is willing to pay. Obviously, if somebody needs to have that bottle because it was the best thing they have ever tasted when they went to that restaurant or bar and they have to have it, they've got a certain price point that they're willing to pay or fork over for it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so others will say, you know what, I enjoyed it, but it's not worth X dollar amount I'm willing to pay, you know this dollar amount for it or you know whatever the suggested retail price which is always very loosely you know used because um i can't tell you how many times i've seen a suggested retail price on uh and especially when it came to these limited one-off items that uh my distributors were selling it to me Right at, if not over, whatever that suggested retail price was. So, um, it just, it gives the consumer a false sense of, of price in the market. You know, at this. With that said, so.
1: Well, I, I'm yeah. seeing some of these bottles that come out now. So, for instance, uh, I think I've seen recently a bottle of Pappy 15, and you know, a Weller Full Proof, and they're all in that two to. Well, that the Pappy fifteen was upwards of I think fifteen hundred dollars or something like that, and I was gonna say two you start at two for them. Oh yeah, maybe two thousand. I was thinking, but the um, the Weller I think was going for about two hundred, and again, I, as an as a as a as an enthusiast and a, an average consumer, I'm just thinking are these that, are these like that far and away much, that much better? Or is there, are there things out there? And in my, my experience is the answer is there are things out there that are, that are probably on par or, you know, even if they're not quite have something uh, that, that, that those other bourbons don't, is it worth the ex, to pay the extra few hundred dollars or thousand? <laughs> my guess is no, at least for my answer for me personally is no, but Like you said, it it all depends on the, on the, on the buyer, the individual.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, I would always try to build that, uh, that dialogue and that rapport and relationship with every single customer that would come walking through that door. So regardless of if they were looking for that bottom shelf bottle of bourbon or, you know, that highly sought after once a year release bottle, and I, I would build a conversation and dialogue with them, you know, have you had it? Why do you want it? Uh, what's the flavor profile you're looking for? What do you usually gravitate towards because the chances of me having all of these limited allocated bottles that these customers would come in and ask for regularly uh, are, are going to be slim to none, and if I did have them, they're going to my loyal regular customers that are supporting me throughout the days and weeks and months uh, throughout the year um but I did not, I did not want to lose that sale. So I needed to build that conversation piece to see, you know, wh- why do you want this bottle of Pappy Van Winkle? Or why do you want this bottle of Weller or whatever they were looking for? And then take take it from there. So, and yeah. if it was because that was the only bottle that they were missing in their collection, or it was a gift to a boss or It was the best thing I've ever tasted. And you kind of just take it from there and hopefully you can steer that customer in that right direction to where, even though I don't have that bottle, I think this bottle will help accomplish what you're looking to do. Um, And we were able to do that with uh, the majority of our single barrels, uh, thankfully so.
0: Yeah, and that's the best thing is when you you get a consumer to because you can't just assume everybody's a hunter. Everybody is just wanting that bottle. To, so when their friends come over, they look good um, with it sitting on their shelf. Maybe they maybe they did try it. Maybe they did get a chance and and they heard it was really good. And they're just getting into bourbon. And and it's like, okay, well let's let's expand that. Let's let's expand your knowledge and and introduce you to other brands. Because for me, I'm not paying secondary market. There's n no, I'm not going to pay ten, twenty, thirty times more you know, suggested retail when there are so many good whiskeys for 30, 60. I mean, I'll, I'll pay 70 or 80 if it's, if it's really, really good. If it's cash strength, if it's high proof, if it's old, um, you know, maybe like an older age statement or something like just know what's in the bottle, know the flavor profile. And, and the biggest thing is figure out what you like.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that was going to be my question to Kyle is how often was, were you getting answers that were kind of real substantive? In other words, um, you know, they were saying something like, Oh, I really liked, you know, this had just the right amount of spice or really the finish on this was great or the nose or, you know, were they really able to identify flavors or were they really just uh, kind of um equating it with an experience or a person or something like that. Like you said, like just saying, Oh, I just, I had it here and I loved it type of thing. Was it more of one or the other? Was it kind of equal?
2: You know, um, the customer's responses were all over the board. Then it became myself, my and my staff's responsibility to be able to accommodate and and find that customer, what they're looking for. So, um, but but the majority of the customers, you know, would to some certain extent, you know, say whether it was spicy, hot, sweet, um, you know, going to further, you know, flavor profiles or my best friend said this is the best thing, you know, they've ever had or Forbes magazine just rated this number one whiskey. So that's why I want it um, regardless of what it is. So yeah. um, and then it became our responsibility to say, you know what? We don't have this number one rated whiskey in the world, but if you like that, if that's a flavor profile you're looking for, um, this is what I've got for you, you know?
0: A lot of times you're getting more for your, more bang for your buck too. Literally, figuratively, everything. Because once you have a brand that's got recognition to be the world's best, or has just a ton of marketing dollars behind it, not saying in every case, but a lot of times, in order to keep up for that demand, they have to go kind of industrial. And so you're not necessarily craft anymore. You're not necessarily, you know, I should say, handcrafted. You can still have really good whiskey. And not saying there's anything against industrial whiskey, there's a lot of big, big companies that, you know, for good reason are successful because they put out good product. Um, but then when you are able to read behind, the label really understand what's in there. You you get so much more for the same price, if not less.
2: And and I mean, and to that you know, to that point, um, we used to do blind taste tests at, at the store, and That's uh, a challenge. Yeah, to, there you go. To where customers would come in, and you know, un- unfortunately, everyone out there is looking for that bottle of Blantons, and uh, <laughs> there just isn't enough. Uh, Coming our way to be able to accommodate everybody, and so it got to a point where I said, you know what, we're going to blind taste test the Blantons against these other two, three, or four bottles that we have that can can go up against the Blantons, and let the customer pick the you know the, the best one or whatever they gravitate towards. And the majority of the time, the customer would end up picking the Blantons, but that was besides the point they were exposed to other bourbons that they were not even aware existed and enjoyed that flavor profile. They knew they couldn't secure that bottle of Blanton's. And so were able to sell them on, on something else that, uh, you know, they were going to be able to go home and, and enjoy.
1: And Beautiful. yeah. And to Dinger's point, you know, the marketing and stuff that goes into some of this, some of the bigger ones, albeit they might be great, you know, you're going to pay a premium for that. Uh, That's where I, in my opinion, it seems like that's where that, that um, those prices, that price point is going to get you. And you know, if you want to pay it fine, you know, like you said, it's up to you, but if you can find it and then you want to pay it, or you want to find it on the secondary market and pay it, that's uh, your call. It's just a matter of sometimes maybe, being informed a little bit, you know, just, uh, doing, doing your homework and and seeing what else is out there. And, and, um, I, I think a lot of times you'll be able to find something, uh, equivalent, uh, if not better, especially for the price point. Um, and one thing I'll also maybe just throw out there cause we didn't talk about it, but, uh, again, kind of, I'm back in a little bit of a bourbon phase and I really wasn't into or knew a lot, know a lot, did not know a lot about the secondary market. So, you know, I have a a friend who is really into it and he was telling me, Oh, the secondary market prices at this and this. And I was like, where, where is the secondary market exactly? Like, cause I know, you know, you know, you can't just buy a bottle of booze off of some random, um, technically I've come to learn that that does not necessarily stop people, which is not shocking by any, uh, means, but, but, uh, Yeah. The secondary market, you know, I guess being going online for different places, uh, there's all sorts of Facebook groups I hear now, or I I know there are, I, Um, hear. I hear, I never remember of them all. Excuse me, sir. I am a (laughs) law abiding citizen. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so the secondary market I've, I've is kind of was kind of new to me. So I don't, know if one of you maybe just want to kind of touch on that a little bit if you know much about it i don't know if there's a real if there's something that's easily identifiable as a secondary market or if it's just (laughs) kind of this like amorphous thing that's out there like there is you know this is what people will sell it to you you know on the down low somewhere
2: it's uh it's capitalism at your finest right (laughs) (laughs) but um illegal. You better believe it. 100% illegal. And uh, somebody like me that forks over close to $300,000, you know, probably closer to $270,000 for a series nine Maricopa County liquor license that only allows me to sell the product. So that's just for the piece of paper that allows me the ability to sell the liquor. Um, I'm in for it. and I'm in a big investment at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you go into consideration your building and your build out and your inventory and your operational overhead, uh, you're in it. And, um, so, and you're in it because you've purchased a liquor license and you've gone through the proper training and you're buying from authorized, distributors and suppliers and everyone's taxed properly and accordingly and you know where the product's coming from and then you've got some random Joe that stumbles upon a bottle and says you know what I can make a quick twenty dollars or hundred dollars and not knowing where that bottle was obtained from or if it's been tampered with or whatever the case may be so it's the world we live in and uh it's happening out there, and uh, you know unfortunately uh, these retailers that uh pay big, big money to uh operate their establishment. there's others out there you know selling stuff uh, on the site illegally. so yeah.
0: yeah, which is why I've even seen some retailers going to that higher secondary price quote unquote secondary market pricing to stop it, to get the people who, if you really want to drink this then then buy it and drink it, but so many of them are buying to flip it. They're not buying it to consume it. They're buying it to then make a profit, which is, you know, like Kyle said, it's fully illegal. It's, it's, uh, you know, I would be
2: very, very weary buying alcohol from an unauthorized retailer. So, fucking th- there's, Facebook there's, account.
0: there's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: There's, there's a reason why empty bottles are fetching several hundreds of dollars. It's not because that collector wants that empty bottle <laughs> oh, wow. on, their, on their bookshelf. It's because they're using it to counterfeit. That's and, awesome. and that's just my, my own personal opinion. But there, there's no reason people are paying, in my opinion, several hundred dollars for an empty bottle because they want it for their collection. Right. They've got other motives behind it. So,
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Um, So confession, confession time, confession oh, corner, boy. cocktail corner, but my confession corner, you ready? <laughs> Careful. Oh. Yeah. Don't get us in trouble here. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing anything illegal. In fact, I did everything so, so much on the up and up that I was a little um, distressed as to how much I paid. So I did. You know, when I was getting back into this bourbon phase a little bit, you know, I I came across a bottle of Weller Full Proof that I I just wanted. I'd never I've never had Weller. I really wanted to try it It's so hard to come by, apparently. And I saw it and I knew it was, you know, if I could find it for retail, it'd be 60, 70 bucks or something like that. And I just couldn't couldn't find it. And I saw it come up on a retail uh, at a retailer for one hundred and fifty and I know you're on the secondary market because if you just do some, you know, some Google searches, uh, it it looks like anywhere from two fifty to three hundred. And so I was like, you know what? And I knew it, it 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 was going to run out. It was went live like they they said we go live at you know eight a.m. or nine a.m. or something like that. And I actually just happened to notice it, see the email that they sent out at like eight fifty-five or six or something like that. And I was like, you know what? and it was right before my birthday. I'm like, I'm going to buy this I can get it for myself. I want to, I want to see what this is all about. I don't know if I'm going to like it. If it's just going to be like another bottle of bourbon or something. And now my birthday and was you too, flipped it. And he, well, it was funny because I told, uh, again, I told this guy <laughs> that's really into bourbons, um, about it. And he was saying, well, you know, you could, you could, you could probably make a hundred, 150 bucks off of that. I was like, I'm not interested in doing that one. Uh, and he said, well, you you know, you can also hold on to it to trade it or something. And like, again, not, not interested. In, I'm, I'm, I really just wanted to buy it and, and drink it. But I also that my birthday was two months ago now and I haven't opened it because I'm like, Ugh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like this coveted bottle and I'm waiting for the, the perfect circumstances and opportunity i'm like well i gotta wait until covid's over until i get off work a, tomorrow yeah until i can have some friends over and we can all enjoy it together it's just got to be this uh perfect bourbon evening but i'm just like I'm, I'm inching closer and closer to to the fuck it portion to just be like all right i'm, it, I'm just gonna start drinking this <laughs> t-
2: take my advice you bought it open it up drink it it's, it's a great pour so yeah it's a great nice. pour
0: can't wait to drink half that yeah, Finger <laughs> gets nothing <laughs> oh, yeah. come on
2: <laughs> but but again that again it goes back to earlier you know that bottle's only worth what somebody's willing to pay yeah you know yeah. and so um i mean and and that's that's the fact of the matter so
1: yeah yeah i saw and i saw another single barrel that uh I knew a guy last or two weeks ago, went and stood in line, total wine, first ten people or whatever, got the single barrel. He showed me, he sent me his picture of his receipt. It was seventy-five dollars retail, and uh, everywhere the the other some other retail places they're selling it for four hundred. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Yeah. I'm not so, not uh, not doing that anymore. So,
0: Kyle,
2: sorry. So I mean, with that with that said, though, it it, it goes back to you know like. My biggest suggestion and recommendation, I, I give people, I, I tell them, if you haven't had it, I go, go to your local bar or restaurant and, and try it. I said yeah. that, you know, I, I understand that, you know, they might have only gotten one bottle and they're charging a premium price, but at least you know, at, you know, at a one ounce or one and a half ounce pour, whether you're going to like it or not. And then you can make that decision whether you want to go pick that bottle up at whatever that price is at that retail establishment. Yeah, It, it might right. be, you know, the best thing you've ever tried. It, it might be that bottle that everyone's talking about, but you think it's probably one of the least best tasting bourbons you've had. You know, it's all based on personal taste.
0: And you know a good place to, to go try that out at a local establishment coming up soon, a couple months? Didn't flow as the, well uh, as I wanted it to, but, you know, <laughs> got a new restaurant opening up, right? Yep.
2: <laughs> the, the, the Hudson and bar. Yes, sir. Right so it's going to be, uh, right next to uh liquor express, just about a mile down from Arizona state university. So yeah. we'll have a full kitchen. So burgers, salad, sandwiches, fast, casual establishment, 22 taps. So that'll, uh, offer uh, an array of craft beers and draft cocktails Ooh, and then nice. uh full full wine and spirits with uh, obviously a specialization in uh in whiskey so we've uh we've already secured a single barrel of eagle rare and a single barrel of weller full Proof. believe it mm-hmm. or not we'll have to have you guys uh over there and we'll have some fun and and Go across a little flight blind and see uh what's yeah. the, the best bottle win. There
0: you go. All right, now <laughs> now
2: I know
1: where to go, taste test the weller foolproof so that I know what to do
0: with this bottle. <laughs> do there I there you go? My... <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking so, it, we're popping and, that and bottle that, before then I, like yeah. I,
2: mean, I, I think that's one of the coolest things. So, you know, you could do that single barrel weller foolproof we did side by side with that bottle you have, I'm assuming it's not a single barrel or even if it is a single no, barrel for that matter,
0: I guess it's single. barrel. I,
2: I guarantee yeah, you could probably pick up some f- uh, flavor profile differences.
0: Yeah. And that's the, I was going to say that earlier when you were talking about, you know, different flavor profiles from picking these barrels and, and when you go into a distillery and do you have direction, do you know what you want? Do you let them kind of guide it? You can do it all because every single every tree is different. Every tree has different DNA. Every barrel is made from a different oh, tree. Yeah. So, so the same distillate from the same run off of a still is going to do something different in the f- you know five barrels in a row that it was filled into, most likely.
2: So there I'll, could be I'll, some. I've got a story here that that I know Michael's heard uh, a handful of times before. Uh, I went out to a distillery um just to visit and uh had inquired about single barrels and just on the fly they they rolled out a handful of barrels uh, for me to sample through and uh got the conversation going and whatnot and so again i'm doing all this blind um i like doing everything blind and i had narrowed it down to two barrels and um The uh, gentleman there that was conducting the uh, tasting said, you know what, let's, uh, why don't you go take a a, a walk around the distillery. We're going to pull out a special barrel we have and uh, we'll do it side by side by these last two, um, you know, you narrowed it down to and and, and see what direction you you lean towards. And so went through uh, with that new barrel in the mix and uh, narrowed it down to two I knew which one I was leaning towards and then asked for the details on the, uh, on the two barrels. One of them was a 10 year old barrel. The other one was a four year old barrel. The four year old barrel. I ended up gravitating more towards and felt it had the better flavor profile. Uh, that was the special barrel that the distillery had rolled out for us. That said, uh, you know, they didn't know that they were wanting to to let it go. a single barrel just yet but uh they knew it was a special barrel and they rolled it out for us and we ended up selecting it uh long story short if we would have selected the 10 year old barrel i can guarantee you it would have sold out 10 times faster than that four-year-old barrel we had selected but the uh the four-year-old barrel definitely had that better flavor profile and uh and won the contest and um again it's just uh customer's perception, you know, they they get a certain age statement in their mind or a certain name or brand or uh, whatever the case may be, you know, driving their motivation to gravitate towards that bottle or that brand. And it's hard to change, uh, you know, customers' uh, ha- habits.
0: Yeah. Well said. Yep. So everybody out there, get off your high horse. <laughs> And try something to do. <laughs> no.
2: but but again, and then it goes back to why you know we always tried to engage as much as we could with our customers to see what they wanted, what they were looking for, what they enjoyed, because the last thing I wanted to happen is that customer walk out of that store, whether it was a fifty dollar bottle and it broke their bank or whether it was that five hundred dollar bottle that broke their bank. Um, they crack it open and find out that, you know what, this was not worth it at all. And I'm having buyer's remorse. So um, I never wanted that to happen to a customer. I wanted them to be able to take that bottle and say, you know what, this was a good purchase. This was a smart purchase. I'm happy about this purchase and I'll be back when I need to replenish that bottle or when I need to go in for another recommendation.
1: You know, part of me thinks that you, from what you're telling me about the process about really just qualifying the customer as to what it is they're looking at and really honing in on, on um, you know, what will ultimately meet their requirements and satisfy their needs. I think uh, I, I have to imagine that almost all the customers, you know, went home and felt satisfied with what they picked based off of you know their interaction with you guys just with you with you know the amount of time and effort you guys put into helping them select one you know i would think i you know i'd go home thinking like i i i made the right choice you know i it wasn't like i just went in and looked at two different models and i was like oh, i'm not sure which one and i went with a over b and got home and i'm like oh, i don't know i would just think no that they they knew their stuff they helped me i i feel confident in it and i i For me, I feel like that would elevate the level of enjoyment while, you know, sipping on it in the future. So, uh, that's really, I think that's really cool that you guys do that. Cause I don't think that doesn't happen in a lot of liquor stores. I don't think, you know, you might get the occasional question of, can I help you find something, but not really like, can I help you choose something? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Let me guide you. I agree. They killed it. They did a great job. Wow. Yeah, and so we're excited yeah. to have have you guys open the Hudson Eatery yeah, Bar, yeah. right?
2: Yep, the Hudson Eatery Bar. So, we'll uh we'll see where things uh stand um, you know, in the uh with the current state of uh Arizona and and the COVID cases, so
0: Yeah. We
2: definitely yeah. want to make sure that uh our staff, ourselves and the patrons are eating and drinking safely.
1: Well, we'll definitely uh, make it a point to get out there and check it out. Uh, my wife works at ASU, so we'll have to do, try to do a little uh, dinner or happy hour there after she gets off sometime.
2: Definitely. That sounds great.
1: Yep. Well, thanks for joining us, Kyle. Yeah, we really appreciate it. it thanks great. gentlemen. Great to hear uh, your insights.
2: Thank you gentlemen. Uh, can't wait to have you guys uh, over at the Hudson for uh, a bite to eat and some drinks.
1: Yeah. And are you guys on like social media or anything like that? If somebody was trying to find you?
2: Yes. So uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, We're on uh, Instagram. So uh, we're posting uh, construction uh, pictures as uh, construction progress uh, moves forward. So hoping to have some uh, menu and drink items uh, on those platforms here in the next uh, few weeks as uh, we start testing out uh, our uh, menu items and drinks. So
0: yeah. All right, sir. Well, thank I've you. i been driving by, looking looking good. Keep up the
1: good work. Thank you. All right, All right, Kyle. Stay safe.
2: We'll talk soon. All right, thanks. You guys as well. All yeah. right, have a good night. You as well. All
1: right. Well, that was enlightening. So. Yeah,
0: that was good. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know what else we've done really good at tonight is staying on on track with our forty minute. Record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, we're killing it. You know no, I feel like we good.
1: haven't gotten off track too much though, so I feel like no,
0: that was good. It was good to get insight yeah. from you know really all we've we've had all sides of of the industry on here. We've got consumer, we've got distro, we've got retail, and we're, now we're going to um, you know on premise to uh, restaurant, bar, yep, you know different side of retail. yeah. You know, ah, I forgot to ask, what does the future of bourbon look like? But I'll answer that for Kyle. Do it. The future of bourbon, it better keep up because my new restaurant is whiskey <laughs> bourbon focused. <so. laughs> I didn't realize you were doing it as Kyle. As Kyle. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, thanks, no, Kyle. I, I think that this is a spirit that people absolutely love. I think it's a flavor profile that people love. More brands are coming. Is it going to, you know, and it's not like, like flavored vodka. How it was like super popular blew up, but that's just not the same. It's just not the same. You get different flavors from these whiskeys. Um, you can get different styles, characteristics, uh, but it's not fucking perfume flavored vodka. Although flavored whiskeys are coming. Those will probably be what, what well, I was, I, my,
1: my comparison was going to be, it's not like the seltzers, the seltzer trend or something. Um, it's here to stay. Oh, are here to stay. Yeah. But my Adam, pardon? Have you had them? Oh, seltzers. Oh, they're so good. You know, I'm just kidding. I no, am I'm over <laughs> all. Uh, no, i there are a few that I'm, I, that I enjoy, particularly in the hot summer and I have come to a really appreciate them on the golf course when it's a hundred degrees out. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to mm-hmm. as of late has definitely been a white claw or two. Mm-hmm. So I'm not knocking them. There are, there is a time and a place, but they also just are not, uh, they're not bourbon. <laughs> they're not. I don't think right. they're going to be here forever, especially all the different uh, variations that have come out. But bur- my my biggest, I don't want to say concern, but my biggest uh, question mark with bourbon in general is what what it's going to look like from a um, a uh, supply and demand perspective in the next five to ten years. Because uh, my understanding is that these, uh, these distillers have, you know, invested heavily, uh, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars into expanding their operations. And, you know, people don't think about it. Um, but when you're buying these bourbons and we're talking about these different age statements has to be aged at least four years. It's been aged eight years, 10 years, you know, Elijah Craig, 12 year, 18 year, whatever it is, you you realize that that means it was aged for four, eight, 10, 12, 15 years, right? Like that, I think it's obvious, but it also kind of, yeah, goes right over because I think I, even I kind of take that for granted sometimes. And I'm just like, why is there not more of this available, this 10 year that I love? Oh, because 10 years ago, maybe somebody didn't think, oh, this is what people are going to want in 10 or 15 years and that's you know that's a that's not easy to do these distillers have to kind of be working 10 ahead down the line yeah yeah And, and that
0: is why like you said that's why all these investments are being made into these distilleries is so that they can lay down more um i've got brands that their capacity is they lay down one barrel a day you know very small production yeah. That's very small. <laughs> um, so you have to sell, you have to support them so that they can afford to expand so that they can keep producing and laying down more and more whiskey uh, each year, um, each day, however, you know, however, however fast they can grow. Yeah. Um, and, and you also got to realize that 10 years ago, whiskey wasn't this popular 15 20 years ago whiskey was like nothing right it was dead there's brands there's producers that stopped distilling themselves leased out their distillery um to have more income coming in and just bought distillate sourced out because it just was too expensive to produce your own and, and wait for it to get old enough um so that's why you see you 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 can, you know, you you have seen a lot of older stock right now. You see older age statements, but that's not going to be the case uh, in a few years. If we don't support the small uh, to, to help them grow, to, to lay more down. So, and that's what contributed. That's what the is, yeah. In you know, my opinion.
1: And just like with everything else, I think, you know, you have to look at the past to kind of, Predict the future a little bit, and in the past, you know, a lot of these distilleries have been around for a long time. They made, you know, uh, the these spirits, bourbon, whiskey, very popular uh, early twentieth century. Made then these distilleries came through, made a ton of it, and then you had, you know, the onset of vodka, basically in what the eighties and nineties, and cosmopolitans and all of this. And so I think that's where you saw uh the the backlog of bourbon come about and that's where you could get these big age statements you know they were readily available and i think i think they called it what the bourbon lake that there was just a ton of bourbon available and now we are the pendulum has swung and we are back into a big boom it's in high demand um will it kind of swing back will we see some of these prices drop i'm not really sure i feel like uh I feel like maybe they'll come down moderately a little bit at some point Um as these, as some of these distilleries, you know, really put out a lot of juice in the future, but uh, you know, it's, I, I don't see it going down anytime very soon because it is very popular and it's very tasty stuff. So, and you know, the, the rise of craft cocktail bars and everything, you know, people are, are woke. They are learning about products right now. They're interested in, what goes into them, where they came from, the backstories. This is, uh, not the, we're not in the, the vodka age yet again yet. So that's my, that's my prediction, I guess. I don't know if that's a prediction, but that's how I feel
0: about it. We'll have to come back and listen. 10 years, (laughs) 10 years, five to 10 years. Yep. See where it's at. Arizona's a big bourbon state. Arizona's a big whiskey state. Yep. Um, At least that's what I see on a day to day. And yeah, I think secondary market, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think it's ever going to go away because I think that there's people who have money to spend on it. So they will, because they don't want to go hunt. Um, And unfortunately they are the ones that fuel it. I'd love for it to go away. Yeah. People to, uh, you know, just start exploring more. And it's kind of what we talked about with Kyle, like just, find out what you like befriend your your local independent retailer and you know get on a level to start trying new things and ask them to bring in new things for you and ask them to to taste you on something if they can and uh, there are a lot of spots that
1: have that are really into the barrel picks these days i've, I've noticed yeah so barrel
0: picks just talk, new stuff talk first to them. releases uh, even like what, what Kyle did when they had the, the retail shop before they sold, you know, he, he built up a, a customer base that trusted him and you know, they were able to like, I'm sure he's got a lot of friendships that, that happened. And, and then, you know, those are the ones that he supports first when these things do come along. So yeah. Friend, your local retailer.
1: You know, what's funny is when I bought that bottle Independent retail. of Weller, um, when I went to pick it up, because I ordered it online, um, or reserved it online, or whatever, and they grabbed it, they said, "Oh, you got one of the bottles. Great!" Because they said they sold out of it in five or six minutes, or something like that. And he, one of the first things he said to me was, "Oh, have you had?" And I don't remember what it was, but this oh, bottle great of bourbon. Story. Well, it doesn't matter what it was, it's but have you had? Have you tried this barrel pick of ours? And I said, Oh, no, I haven't had it. He's like, Oh, it's, it's by far and away, probably my favorite right now. And I said, Oh, okay. Uh, Thanks. You know, (laughs) do you guys have one? He's like, No, we're out of it right now. So a couple things came to mind. (laughs) And From his perspective, I think he was just trying to tell me like, be on lookout. If you really like bourbons, this is another great one. From my perspective, I was like, so the one I just bought for more money, you're telling me is not nearly as good as this one that I could have bought for less, you know, that, it,
0: but I know that you did. don't even have to sell me. What's that? But they didn't even have it to sell you. Uh, I, I no, they had run out at that point. I think, you
1: know, they were, I don't know if they were trying to, I don't think they were even trying to get more as barrel. I don't know why he told me this is my point. It was just like, the, the point actually is that they do know their stuff they can tell you if you talk to you know your retailer they are going to be able to say oh you should check this out because yes you might know about this particular brand because of its popularity or whatever but you know check this out too because it is very good and it in this case and probably and oftentimes it was less it was less money to to purchase it so um, but it was all, like I said, for me, I was just like, why are you telling me this? Like, you don't yeah. have it. You told me it's better. It's less money. Here I am like a chump buying this bottle that I've never even had before. And it's still unopened. I just got to open it and chug it. I should have just opened it right there and chugged it. Chug it in his face.
0: Grab him by the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that person was high. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I'm the chump anyways that spent the money,
1: but nonetheless I will enjoy it. One of these days, whether I like it or not, it will enjoy it. Uh, let me, it. Let me ask you this. We'll wrap this up. Do you have a favorite
0: bourbon? No, no It, ch- it changes. There's certain things I like certain styles. I like certain, you know, times, um, one thing I will say uh, one that I've not, maybe something was like, okay, there's this flavor profile, which is heavy. It's not something I normally go to, but this is still good whiskey. Um, and everything that I've tried from them tends to be just really, really good, like really full flavored, always cast drink because, of, and that's, my palate, I really like cast strength whiskey. Uh, is the brand barrel? Um, I have not been disappointed by barrels offerings. Um, there's the obvious. There's the Willet. I think Willet does a phenomenal job. Yeah, with a lot of their stuff, especially the family estate labels. I've been enjoying Pinhook, which is pretty new to Arizona market ish. I've been seeing that all around lately. Um, one that I also was buying a couple single barrel like store picks that I was not disappointed in, uh, 1792 full proof. I was very pleased with that. And, I, and again, it's I heard like good things full about that. proof, yep. that cash strength, non filter. If you put out a, you know, a good cash strength, non filter, thing probably going to like it. <laughs> Write it down, folks. Cast number third
1: non chill filtered. All right, well, so you don't have a favorite, but you got a you got you got a style
0: that you really. I inhale. think I do like. A, I, I think there is a style that I like. Um, I, I also really love rye. Um, yeah, i uh, know. speaking of wilderness trail. Shit, that's new to Arizona market. Yep, and that is. I have that rye once. It's amazing. Good. Yep. Amazing. Everything. Everything to do. And here's, here's one thing. This is what uh, I will say. I personally, not the biggest fan of weeded. Even though if you listened to what I was drinking tonight, it is weeded bourbon. Mm-hmm. I do like this one. But many other weeded bourbons, they're, I'm going to mica this one. They're just not for me. <laughs> they're, they're not. Like some of them, uh, I prefer a high rye bourbon or I prefer you know, standard bourbon or I prefer a rye. And that doesn't mean anything to anybody because they're not the ones drinking it for me, in my opinion, for me, this palette, I will go to bourbon, high rye bourbon or rye over weeded most of the time.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know of a weeded that I've had that I really like, or maybe I, did like it and I didn't know it was weeded, or maybe I didn't like it and it was, I don't know. I have not paid attention to that um, aspect of it when I've had, when I've tried bourbon. So I don't know. I know this Weller is a weeded bourbon. So again, we're gonna, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Yeah. As soon as I open it, I'm just waiting for maybe I'll open it the day I get vaccinated for COVID. All All the great things happening at once. Or maybe I'll open it on a real special election day. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe well, depends. Depends on uh, the outcome. Yeah, we'll see. You know.
0: But uh, uh, um, well, you know, maybe you should just open it sooner when your good pal Dinger's over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, outro. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Read right off that outline,
1: aren't you? <laughs> Hold on. It says we need to. I did, man thank thank you for joining us oh yeah thanks for joining us
0: thank yous thank yous thank all you I was going to I was going to go back up to the the booze clues news oh yeah booze clues but since Ryan Reynolds on here pretty sure we got away from Micah yeah that's a good it might be old news at that point
1: so we're going we'll tease our booze clues news segment With maybe or may there may or may not be some news involving Ryan Reynolds. You'll have to stay tuned to the next episode. Everybody
0: knows what the fuck it is.
1: How you don't know? Maybe he just accepted a new role. Maybe it's a (laughs) follow-up to fucking uh, Deadpool. Who knows? Deadpool three. That would be awesome. Maximum effort, boys. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. You uh, really. really shouldn't have we appreciate it um yeah you can uh hit us up email always at gmail.com feel free to hit us up with questions comments concerns um we do from time to time like to throw on some of the questions on here maybe even have you on also feel free to hit us up on facebook and the ig always parched and if you really really want to make our 2020 you can go on and rate us five stars nothing under that though Michael will be very upset you don't want to upset Micah he's about to be a dad two times over don't do it to him Dinger any uh, last minute words of wisdom last second words of wisdom I mean you Doing a great job right uh, now. Really contributing. Uh, drink.
0: Drink. Stay parched. Stay hydrated. Oh. Yeah. Stay hydrated. That too. And stay safe. <laughs> stay vigilant. support now. your local independent retailer. Stay safe. Mask up. Right on. All right. I mean, thanks. Let's do it. Do it, do it. Let's get out of this. All right. That's the all. Pandemic. Not the podcast pandemic get out of the pandemic (laughs) yes
1: let's do that too all right outro over (laughs) you are no longer (laughs) glad you remember what it sounds like you don't listen to our stuff
0: Favorite letter of the alphabet? Bo- Moody? Uh, R, the R. Ah, you think it's the R, but it's actually the C.
1: <laughs> My favorite part, obviously, was how you got right into character.
0: So, well, I- you can't do the joke of, well, Mike, actually, you think it's the R, but they actually really like the C instead. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha,